the more time you spend on your phone for entertainment purposes, which is just mindlessly looking at things, everything good in your life goes down as a sense of purpose, your health, your well-being, all plummets. And everything bad in your life, anxiety, depression, a sense of fulfillment and purpose, feeling like really unsure about your life, all of that goes up. And you can check it yourself. Just spend half a day where you don't look at your phone and see how you feel. You are entering the Age Rebels Revolution. The intelligent podcast for over 40s who want to live their best life and defy your numbers. We are your hosts, Summer Bentley and Isaac Xavier. Come on in. In this episode, we are going to take the journey from Lost to Legend Part 2. In the last episode, we already discussed the first six phases of moving yourself from feeling lost towards feeling like a legend. And in this episode, we're going to cover the final six phases of moving yourself through to legend. Yes, we are. And the first one we're going to talk about is pain. So the first thing we're going to do is talk about pain, the truth about it and how to deal with it when it arrives. The first thing I want to talk about is the fact that pain is not all of what you think. One really interesting fact I learned from a wonderful Feldenkrais physiotherapist, let me know that he said the amount of tissue damage in your body never equates equally to the amount of pain. And I learned this when I was attending a session with him after I had quite a nasty injury of a bulge disc in my neck. And I said to him, before I come, do you want me to send over my x-rays or bring them with me? He said, not really. You can bring them with you, what, but they won't make any difference in our session. And I said, how so? So I'll tell you when I get here. What he basically explained to me was that a person can have, for example, a major disc bulge and be in extreme pain. And as he explained to me about one of his patients who had multiple disc bulges for several years, looked like they'd built up for several years, and he had zero pain for all of those years. And I said, how does that work? And he said, because so much of it is perceptual, it is your environment, it is your bias, your experience. And I've experienced this a lot with my clients where they can walk in with their report from radiology and say that, yes, I've got this really bad situation. I've had a diagnosis. For example, my practitioner said, I've got the neck of a 70-year-old and I'm only 30 and I'm going to have to be really careful the rest of my life and it's kind of like a life sentence. And I said, well, actually, that's not true. I'm a walking example where even though I've had multiple disc bulges and a cliff fall 10 metres off a cliff when I was 10 and slammed into rocks when I was surfing when I was 19 and lost feeling in my legs momentarily, really bashed up my body, and now I rarely get any pain and can leg press 400 kilos, speed skated 45 k's an hour. There's certain things that I will be careful of, like heavy deadlifts or squats due to my lumbar spine damage, but that doesn't mean I have to have any pain. 
So one thing to know is that whenever you get pain, it's a signal from your brain telling you something needs to change. For example, often people will come to me with neck and back pain and they've been given exercises from a health practitioner like a physio or a chiro, osteo, and they said, my pain's just not getting any better. And I said, okay, let's see how you're doing it. And often these practitioners, they don't get the time to teach a person how to do the exercises properly. And quite often, surprisingly, their posture isn't addressed. So I say to a person, let's get you in correct, optimal, neutral spine posture. Then let's do the exercises in that way. And then you need to be aware of your posture all of the time when you're driving, when you're walking, when you're at your desk. And how many people have come to me after we've worked on their posture and especially taught them how to relax their upper traps so the upper trapezius muscles are no longer dominating a lot of their movements, that they said, my neck pain is gone. I thought it was meant to be a life sentence. And I said, it was only part of the picture. So in essence, when you get pain, I always ask when you go to your practitioner, three things to ask them. A, what is the diagnosis? Tell me exactly what it is or get the patient to ask exactly what it is. And then two, what do you want me to do and what do you want me to avoid? And then also, what's the plan ahead? If just a practitioner keeps on you coming back week after week after week, but they're not giving you proactive things to do with your posture, your breathing, water intake, they don't like look at your sleep. Unless they're looking at your whole life, you're just going back and getting treated and you're not participating in your own healing. So super important that you confront your practitioner and say, look, I'm happy to come back, but I need a plan. If they're not going to give you a good plan, I really uh, advise you to get a second opinion and someone who is going to carry you through the journey of first showing you how to be free of your pain, but then steps you can take. If you love this podcast, give us five stars and we'll love you right back. And we both know there's nothing like long-term chronic pain to steal energy, Mm. to age you, to cause reactivity to the people around you who love you the most. Yeah. Pain has destroyed many relationships, Mm -hmm. but it has also taken the life force from so many people. People commit suicide over pain because they're just in it for too long. Yeah. Because they haven't been given the right guidance or advice or plan. So this one, even if you think you're not in pain, there will be a time where you, or there has been a time where you have been. And you and I are both very much prevention people. What steps do I need to take to prevent myself from ever walking that path again? Now you've experienced significant pain in the last two years and you live a Mm -hmm. very healthy lifestyle. I have had a diagnosis in my neck yeah. Uh, that is quite severe mm-hmm. and I'm pain-free. Yeah. So it is so important that people pay attention to this one particularly because we develop a normalcy around the pain that we have and become a different version of ourselves. And it's so important that people pay attention and say, no, actually, it's possible for me to improve this and improve the state of my life and the experiences that I'm going to have in my life in order to move through to that legend status. Yeah. And one thing that one of our guests has been on twice, the 
genius Finbar O'Hanlon recently at an event in Melbourne and dropped me off at the airport and he's saying, what's going on with like personal trainer says, what do you mean? He said, I've had three friends that took the step to get a personal trainer. All of them got broken. <gasps> and I went, yeah, because as in any profession, you get people who are great at what you do and some people who are okay and some people are terrible. So when you are choosing a trainer and you do have pain, or even if you're out of pain, if you experience pain and, for example, what one of the trainers said to the client, he was getting real shoulder pain. He said, no, no, it's just part of the process. Just push through it. And I went, oh, hell no. Joint pain is an indicator. Change what you're doing before something gets really broken. So if you're not, if your trainer is not actually addressing your pain and getting outside advice. I know when I first started as a trainer way back in 1989. <laughs> was it black and white then? Yeah, it was actually. <laughs> and I think we had colour TV. Um, that there were no rehab courses. So I would actually go with my client. They'd show up and they'd say, okay, I've got this hip pain, whatever it is, or knee or whatever. And I would go to the physio and I'd say, okay, what's the diagnosis? What do we do? What don't we do? Then I'd go back and check. And for trainers to have that humility to say, I don't know. And I still do this to this day that I've recently had an experience with one client. I've never seen the injury before. So I sat down with the osteopath and said, what's actually going on here? Let Take me through it intricately. You never stop learning. You're never going to know everything about the body. So have, like, your trainer needs to have that humility to say, I'm, I don't know, or yes, you did get hurt. What do we need to do to make sure that happens again? That doesn't happen again. So in essence, pain, it is a message from your body to say something needs to change, but also about pain, which is a whole other podcast we did, if you want to have a look at it, that it is an indicator of something that maybe you're not seeing or not facing. Sometimes people can have real issues, gut issues, and you look at everything in the microbiome, everything's really good. But the real issue is it's an emotional issue. So we won't go into detail. It's a whole other podcast in itself. But don't see pain as a bad thing. See it as something that it's a wake-up call in some way to address, and you'll be amazed at what you learn. Mm, there's never been a situation I've had where there's been pain and no emotional stimulus. <laughs> There's a, even when I broke my ankle, there was an emotional stimulus that caused me to have the accident that mm -hmm. broke my ankle. And I didn't know that for some time until I really reflected back in hindsight. So I love that point. And I think, yes, we should definitely explore that in another podcast. So what's- And the, and the, the last yeah. point is so, so important where when pain, as you said before, Tink, that it really wears you down and you can start to feel a bit victim-y where you actually make a stand and just say, no, I am going to get back authority and control over this thing, my body and whatever the problem is. And sometimes you have to go on a journey to find someone that's going to help you. So if you don't get it right the first time, just keep going because if you have that will to say, no, I will change this, you will find the right person eventually. 
Actually, there's only one small point I want to make about it is Mm -hmm. not to always buy into a medical diagnosis that it's going to get worse. Yes. I recently had a surgery and I was told it's going to be really painful and here's some painkillers. And I said, no, you don't understand. I don't need them. Don't put them in my general and don't. I don't want the painkillers. They wouldn't listen. Put put painkillers in my general made me really sick. Oh, the general anesthetic? Yes. And- because they swore, you know, you, no one gets sick on this one. Uh, then there's me. <laughs> and I woke up, came out of the general, the local wore off because they put local as well, and I had no pain because that was my decision. There was no pain. I needed no drugs. I didn't need to vomit all day Mm-mm. from painkillers, but they don't listen. So if yeah, make your own decisions around your pain threshold and if you buy into a placebo effect, you're probably going to have that experience. Mm. But just make some decisions for yourself whether that feels right for you or not. And perhaps if it happens, then okay. But don't necessarily buy into it straight away. And also that's important because recently had the genetic expert and creator of the saliva test to test for DNA, George, Dr. George Mochnicki, and he said the general population is so much more informed and doctors need to step up. He was a GP for 24 years, so he's speaking from experience. He said, not that you go to Dr. Google and then get a whole stack of diagnoses and symptoms, but be well-informed, and if your practitioner just dismisses you, then definitely find someone else, like you had recently where it's, you wanted to work in with your GP regarding naturopathic advice, and he said, no, I, I don't believe in all of that. So straight away it's like, hey, It's already closed-minded. We're a whole being. We're not just a medical diagnosis. And that's the one thing that, and I've discussed this with doctors and they agree, that medicine is very reductionist in its approach. So for example, okay, I go to a practitioner, I've got a shoulder injury, and then just look at the shoulder injury. But the source of the problem was actually a broken ankle two years ago, and it's created all of these problems that now you've got that dysfunction. So Go to a person who is going to be much more holistic about their approach. Mm, yeah, yeah, I really love that. What's the next phase? The next one is about claiming back your life by eliminating time wasters. And this is really simple in that you start to create an inventory of exactly what you do in your day. Because so often a lot of us say, am I God, time feels like it's speeding up. Well, according to our quantum physics friends, time is actually speeding up. It's no longer 24 hours, it's no longer 24 hours, but it's a whole other story. (laughs) That's a rabbit hole. (laughs) Uh, So being able to really start to make some decisions about what you put your time into and also people who sometimes it's important to make a decision about them if you – you know, we grow apart and it's not wrong to actually say to a person or just gently back out of the situation. It's like this, we are evolving in different ways and this no longer serves me. Thank you. It's been great, but I'm, I'm going to get on my bike and I'm off. And the other thing is the internet and our phones. The most important decision a person can make when they go on their phone or social media or to check your emails, is just one word, intent. Just to go ask yourself, what is my intent here? If your intent is to numb, just mindless scrolling, even if you're sitting 
waiting for the train, waiting for your coffee to be made. Even that is not healthy if you're just a passive observer with no clear direction. When I go on social media, social media, I have a very clear approach. It's like, I want to check on what my friends have been doing. I give myself five minutes maximum. I'm lucky now my whole nervous system is so tuned that if I spend more than five minutes scrolling on social media, even with intent, I start to get an anxious feeling in my stomach because my whole being knows this, I'm wasting my life and my time just being a passive observer of things. Tink and I will send each other cute little doggy videos, things like that for a bit of a laugh. But it's, it's really having that really clear intent that your phone is to be used as a tool and not where it sucks you into its vortex. And if you really look at, you can get the, you know, have a look at the iPhone or do it itself would tell you how much time you're spending on your phone. And I'll summarize it in this one point. All of the research I've done over the last 10 years distills down to one important point, which is this. The more time you spend on your phone for entertainment purposes, which is just mindlessly looking at things, everything good in your life goes down as a sense of purpose, your health, your well-being, all plummets. And everything bad in your life, anxiety, depression, a sense of fulfillment and purpose, feeling like really unsure about your life, all of that goes up. And you can check it yourself. Just spend half a day where you don't look at your phone and see how you feel. But also another important thing to do is go for a walk in nature, check in how you feel, just 10 minutes, then spend 10 minutes on your phone and check in how you feel. So you can have the experience and make a decision from that personal experience of how you actually feel. So that's the one on Time Wasters. If you're ready to age young, discover the truth about accessing the fountain of youth and claiming your best ever health, check out our beautiful website at agerebels.com.au where you will find freebies, programs and more. Next. Next. <laughs> Which is, this one is, it's, it's kind of the elixir to a wonderfully juicy, experiential, wonderful life. And this gets spoken about so much, but its power is in the actual doing. And that's being present, which kind of sounds like a paradox. People say, no, you've got to be, not do. But really being present in everything you do, being very deliberate, say, like living deliberately. For example, when you're in conversation with someone, to be really present with them and watch if you're listening to them only to just prepare for what you're going to say next, but to be able to clear your thoughts and say, no, all of my stuff, I'm just going to put it aside for the moment and be really, really present. And a good thing to do is have a look at the color of their eyes. Just notice that because it's a good way to focus in and give your very busy, for a lot of us, our very busy thinking brain something to do. And you'll find a sense of calm and peace, but true, true connection with people. And we know that, which is what I'm going to talk about next, that relationship, sense of community is a key to longevity, which segues into week 11 Module 11, which is 
the secret to the fountain of youth. And you mentioned it in um, there's a wonderful show, Netflix special at the moment, Live to 100, talking about the blue zones around the world, which are all these pockets of populations where people live much, much longer, like more people over 100 than anywhere else in the world. And there was an interesting study, a meta-analysis done, 3,000 people all up over seven years, 148 studies, top 10 things that will give you a long life. And I mentioned that in the previous podcast, and so I'll just summarize it in this way, that it, even though eating healthy, staying lean, don't drink too much, don't smoke, don't live in a polluted area, they were in there, but the top two are about relationships. But the most important one, number one, was social interaction, which is basically my take on it is every time you are interacting with a person that you are as present as you can be. And that is so simple and it's something you can action as soon as you get off this podcast. So to me, that is, and people often say to me, it's like, why, how come, what's your secret? You look, you know, 10 years younger than who you are. And yes, I live a very healthy, healthy lifestyle, even though in the past I poured way too much wine in my body. Um, so thank you, liver. For I'm having, having one me. later today, I've decided. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this, the power of just being present with another person and really having that heartfelt connection so important. And we spoke in the last podcast about oxytocin, just being present. You don't even have to touch a person, but just being that, that real sense of presence and giving you and being really generous in your, your time and just holding space for them. It's, uh, it's rather magical. Yeah. There's, I don't think anybody on the planet could ever say that they didn't feel more energized after having a really great conversation with somebody, even a stranger, so you yeah. know, you go to the coffee shop and you end up having this incredible conversation mm. with the person that came and collected their coffee at the same time as you. Or, you know, how many times have you had, especially you, random conversations in the street? Yeah. And we've connected afterwards and you've raved about this conversation and how good you felt. So for me personally, I feel energized. I feel more youthful. I have a pep in my step. And I could have been having a really crappy day before that connection. But for me, I now, I yearn for those random moments of connection. And mm. since watching that Live to 100 Blue Zones, I've really felt kind of a deep sadness about the absence of community now. Yeah. After all the segregation and the separation and all the crap yeah. that went on mm. uh, the last few years. And, you know, I'm really saddened by the fact that the number one pillar to the fountain of youth is actually, has been destroyed. And what I hope very much is that people start to come back together and put all their prejudice aside and bullshit beliefs that have been fed to them by mm. media and government and people actually start caring about people again. Yeah, because you have a look at it. We, we, we have more in common as human beings than we have differences in race, belief, gender, vaxxed, unvaxxed, whatever it is. So, and that's one of the the things that I, I think has kept me young is that I've, I've really focused on how can I connect with a person, especially if there's a person who is annoying me, irritating, where can I find that sense of connection with that person? Where am I similar to them in some way or where have I acted like them at a certain time? So if you look where you can connect before you can disconnect and you be so amazed how many times 
that I do that, especially with in busy gyms and things like that. And you do get people who don't put their weights away or they're grunting or whatever it is. And it's when I, I walk up to them, they say, let's look for connection first. Instead of like, look, can, do you mind putting your weights away? First thing is to say, how's your workout going? You just have a bit of a chat to them. And half the time, I don't even need to ask them. They go, oh, I forgot to put my weights away. And it's like, oh, you're reading my thoughts or, or something. You're but- so good at that. You're really good at connecting, putting people in the connection first and then being able to have an, a gentle conversation. I've worked on it because yeah. I know I had, daddy was a good guy, helped us, you know, survive and everything, but incredibly negative. And I was really negative for a long time. And when I remember when I was, had my personal training studio and I found myself yelling at a trainer and I was just like, oh, oh my God, I've become like my dad. Mm. That's terrible. Oh, isn't that the worst realization when you say that to yourself? Yeah, <laughs> but a good one because then it's like, wow, I need to be able to change this. And talking to other business owners and, and successful clients, and we would, I would often talk about these things that would bring me certain scenarios because I've studied a lot with psychology and things like that. And the one thing that I found that is so healing is to say, I am going to put this person first as a human being above what they did wrong or my perception of what they did wrong. And when you have that approach, not saying that maybe you need to sack the person or it doesn't have the ideal outcome, but when you have that approach, it's like, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to put this person first as a human being first above what they did or didn't do or money or anything. It's, it's amazing how things run a heck of a lot smoother and you get a sense of loyalty and respect from these people as well. Mm, I really agree with that, and I love that philosophy. Uh, it, it, things don't that don't agree with you don't necess- have, necessarily have to be resolved through aggression. No, no, and and especially when it is like, for example, where people have done something. I remember one of my trainers did something silly and smashed a mirror that cost a lot of money, and my approach could have been, "I'm going to take it out of you know what I'm going to pay you," and blah, 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 and I thought, no. Go to next week and look at my behavior. Will I be proud of my behavior in a week rather than this just anger reaction at the moment where I'm putting money first over this person I actually really care about, mm-hmm. you know? So taking that moment's really important. And at times when you, even you, when you do react to have the humility to say, even if the person was wrong, my response as a leader was uncool and I need to apologize for that regardless of what it was about. Yeah, really good point. Next phase. Last one. Last one. So this is so important because, look, I think we all do it. You know, as much as we don't talk about it, it's like where it's base, It's called stop playing the I'll be happy when game. You know, I'll be happy when I get this body, get this relationship. I'll be happy when I buy that house, blah, 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 whatever it is. And I won't go into too much detail about it, but what I'd like people to do is to look on YouTube for America's Got Talent, Nightbird, Nightbird with an E on the end. And this is an example of a person who clearly in her last year of cancer, she didn't know at the time, she has died since. And she, she, she sung the most beautiful. It's a very emotional video. I know. I've watched it a couple of times and there's not a single time I haven't cried when I've watched it. And it. In essence, without talking a lot about this I'll be happy when game, because you can read it in the module if you jump on board, 
but she said one thing that is so profound. And this is a, a woman who had 1% chance of survival at the time. And she said, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy, which can sound like a platitude. But if you really contemplate that, it's, you know, regardless of what's happening to you, and she was, you know, slowly dying, that it, it just has a profound effect on your perspective. You say, yeah, I can decide. And there's techniques you can use by, you know, being just thankful that you have a functioning body, thankful we're not in the middle of Ukraine getting bombed, all these sort of things. There's always people worse off. But just to be able to see that our happiness, regardless of what's going on, can be a choice, a decision. And I often will go back to this video with Nightbird and it's just one of those things that just nourishes my soul. Mm. Yeah, I honestly believe that so many people feel lost because they're looking for their purpose. What is my purpose? What am I, <laughs> what's my purpose? But I believe in the philosophy that Actually, the purpose is just to be happy in all moments. And we're, not, we're going to have contrast. Yeah. But at the end of the day, underneath it all, are you a happy person? And I think that is fulfilling the purpose. The purpose is to just be able to be at peace with happiness. And so many people delay happiness mm. because they say, I'll be happy when. But what if you can be happy without the thing? Without the experience, what if you can just choose to be happy now? Because I guarantee you, you'll move there a lot quicker if you choose happiness before the thing. And if you're relying on the thing to make you happy, you're never going to be happy because you're going to find that you are empty even with the thing because mm. it's a short-term happiness because you're relying on something else external from you to bring you happiness. And then you're going to look for another thing that you don't have to be, I'll be happy when. Mm. So even if it is, I'll be happy when I've lost 10 kilos. Well, uh, I will never forget when a friend of mine said uh, she'd ran into someone she trained with two years ago in mm -hmm. a 12-week challenge and the woman was living a lifelong battle of yo-yo dieting and she was mm. big and small and big and small and big and small and she was quite big and she couldn't drop any weight at all in this Body for Life challenge that they were doing. So she went into state and then she came back two years later and my friend ran into her and she'd lost all the weight and my friend said to her, what did you do? to lose all the weight because my friend was still struggling. And mm. she said, you know, it's ironic. I just got happy. Mm. And because she got happy, she ate better mm. naturally instead mm. of forcing herself through deprivation. She wanted to get out of bed and go for a walk of a morning. She wanted to show up and train because she had more energy. So putting happiness first meant that she organically, naturally, and effortlessly took the actions that got her the result. So yeah. I've never forgotten that. And that was the big the big switch mm. for me when I stopped saying I'll be happy when I now I am happy because mm. that's how I live. I am happy because. And that's the interesting thing about the whole law of attraction that it's you get who you are. Yes, you get, you get who, who you be, who, not what you want. Yeah, yeah. And and what I'm I'm one thing I want to make a caveat here is if you've had a clear diagnosis of clinical depression or something, I'm not just talking about just feeling a bit sad, but if you do have a diagnosis that you're in real trouble, I'm not talking about that, just decide to be happy. But even in saying that, to make that decision to say, I'm going to do everything I can to look for what is right in my life rather than what is not okay. 
Yeah. Well, we've interviewed Mark before who has one of the worst mm. cases of clinical depression and anxiety. Yeah. And he's medicated for that and he still battles that demon every single day because the medication mm-hmm. does not eliminate it. Eliminate it. Yeah. But he has strategies to manage when it comes on mm-hmm. hard and, and every other moment outside of that. He chooses to be grateful for the life that he has, beautiful wife, beautiful business that he built, amazing community. He yeah. surrounded himself with all the, the longevity principles. So even in that state, he took the steps to get the help yep. to get him out of that, that suicidal state mm-hmm. and then, as you say, chose to find reasons to be happy. So, Yeah, and have your strategies because I know myself, I love this. It sounds funny, but people say, really? You, you love that show? When I just see these people on these reality shows like Australia, UK, America's Got Talent, and you see people who come out of nowhere and they just give it their best. It, it just brings me so much joy. Oh, yeah. And what you do also, and you probably hear it in my voice now, that even just going back to those and thinking of those, that you actually feel. Because when we're feeling depressed or down, it's, we, we don't really want to, either we're numb or if you're anxious, you, you want to be numb, but it just helps you to feel into your whole being and into your body and into your emotions and that's such a wonderful starting point just to have that inspiration from someone who's stepped up on stage. You can see they're as nervous as all get up and they just give it a crack. And so that's in essence about the game of instead of I'll be happy when, but look at what you've got now. And all you need to do is have a look at how many celebrities will tell you Look, money will make your life a lot easier, but it will never bring you happiness. Yeah, absolutely. You know, happiness must come first. Yeah. So, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I was listening to a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, my God, that's me. And they were saying that I don't cry at sad things. I'm very stoic. I'm very strong. I'm like, yep, I've seen a lot of things. Mm. Those sad things don't make me cry, but happy things do. Yeah. Isn't that ironic? So those um, golden buzzer. Yeah. Videos, I cry every time when I see a child being loved. There was this um, video of a a young boy who was uh, fostered in foster care and it was Christmas time and his Christmas present was that they had adopted him. And just the thought of that child being loved for the rest of his life was just, I bawled my eyes out for happiness for this child. I don't know why (laughs) I'm like that, but, yeah, it's interesting that I will just cry and cry and cry for seeing someone achieve their dreams. That makes yeah. me cry, but crying from a position of happiness yeah. for that person. Yeah. When yeah. Kathy Freeman won the oh. gold. Yeah. And even I, I have it like in the, in the gym where a person will have a breakthrough and some have burst into tears and they're like, oh, my God, what's happening? So I feel into it. It's good. It's just – it's emotion coming up in you. It's, it's what life's about yeah. in many ways as, as our human experience. And especially for guys, and that's why when I spoke about the whole anger thing before, anger just keeps you shut down. So if you can get amongst other men and start to feel and that, it, that it's okay to feel, your, your life will just light up. Mm, absolutely. And I think I've, I feel really honoured when I've had a number of men 
and manly mm-hmm. men, two very masculine mm. men, uh, shed some tears in my presence sharing stuff. And I, I think it's just such an honour to hold space yeah. for that experience for them. And then I hate it when they get, um, you know, the overshare hangover and they go, oh, shut up. <laughs> like, no, don't take that moment away from me. You can't do that. <laughs> but uh, that's the pillar. So share with us now. If people want to take this journey, if they are feeling lost and they would like to reach into their inner legend. Now, we're not Mm. talking the egoic version of legend. We're talking about everyone has that in them. Yeah. And we're we're gifting you the opportunity to see that. Yeah. And they can work with you personally to be able to find that in themselves in a way that they will have never have experienced in their life. And we cannot even really truly put into words that the way that they're going to feel at the end of this journey, their whole life, they will see through a completely different lens. So how, what steps do they need to take to be able to start this journey with you? Uh, They just, if they, you jump on my website, isaacxavier.com and there's, you'll find my email address and phone number, or if you fill in the contact form. And even if you just want to have a chat, you know, about is this right for you, where you're at at the moment, and you may get out of the call. It's like maybe you'll do it in six months. Maybe you'll do it straight away. But the main thing is to make a decision, to make a step, to say yes, to have that courage to say, I am actually feeling lost and I would like help with direction. And what I can safely say is when you, when you work with me, I'll show you a, a way of being and looking at life that so many clients have said to me, it's like, you're so much more than a trainer. You, it's like this whole way of not just moving, that's been incredible, but just I have a whole different perspective on my life now and I just feel just strong and just so much more vibrant. So. Yeah, you give people their life back. It is more than a training. You've got so much knowledge, wisdom, education that, you know, the, the trainers that do a eight-week course and then mm. think they're a trainer, it's worlds apart. You can't buy the sort of experience that you have and I cannot recommend highly enough anyone that's listening and inspired by the idea of finding your inner legend and living the best years of your life from this day forward, then please reach out. Don't hesitate. Don't. I'll be happy when none of that, just get the job done, make the decision, reach out to Isaac and please take the journey. And when you think about the word legend, it's just that it's not what other people think yes. that you can sit comfortably and say, yeah, you know, I gave this my best shot and that's what makes me a legend. Absolutely. It's for you, not for anyone else. You bet. Thanks for an amazing two-part series, Isaac. We have much more to share on each of the pillars as we go forward and uh please people sign up (laughs) (laughs) talk to you soon ciao we have received so much positive feedback about this podcast and we absolutely love recording editing and posting it for you to listen to we would love your support and we would absolutely love it if you were to share this podcast with your friends thanks for joining this podcast Want to take the conversation further and learn more about how to live an energised and pain-free life as you age? Then jump into our website at agerebels.com 
www.ageradvantage.com.au. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Age Rebels Revolution. Thank you.